Oh, welcome back to Ask a Monk. Next question. I've been studying the teachings and meditation for a few months now, but my partner doesn't like it and makes me feel bad, like I'm doing something wrong as a person in general, even if I'm more compassionate towards others. Do you have any advice? Well, it's, it's actually not that difficult uh, of a problem. A worse problem would be if you actually believed your partner, which it, it doesn't sound like you do. And that, may, you know, if, if so, if you're in doubt, then I would, I would say that's much more important to address, uh, whether you really think um, that the meditation is beneficial. Um, and it sounds like you do. Though, I wouldn't say that the most important benefit is com being compassionate towards others, because you have to be very compassionate towards yourself as well. The most important is to gain understanding about reality. And that really leads to compassion. I suppose that um, it's probably implicit in what you're saying, that you've learned more and, and come to understand yourself better and understand you know what is of benefit what is right and what is proper and what is wrong and what is improper and therefore you're acting in a much more proper way or or somewhat more proper and therefore you're 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 more interested in helping yourself and helping other people which makes you more compassionate uh so being able to see that benefit is really an, an important thing um so the the question of whether to uh, the, the question of whether to listen to your partner therefore doesn't arise. The, the question you're asking is uh, what to do about their feelings. And you should get that straight because it will make you feel a lot better. You won't have to be concerned about what they say. If, if they're making you feel bad, then it means they're getting to you. Uh, it means you're still clinging somehow to their words and to their views and their ideas. Uh, if it's clear in your mind what is right and what is wrong, you you have no no one's able to make you feel good or bad. Uh, you you are at peace with yourself, and and you um, you don't your happiness doesn't depend on on other people or, or externalities. So, what to do when someone else um, doesn't like what you doesn't like what is what you know to be right and proper and useful and beneficial. Um, but well, the easiest question, the easiest answer, and it's probably not the one you prefer, is to 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 leave your partner. And um, you know, I, I think that's just so obvious, and it's probably not the answer you're looking for. But it, but that would imply that somehow you have some other attachment to this person, um, because the meditation has great benefit to you in your life, and it's bringing you uh, some, you know. Well, it will bring you peace and happiness. So whether you can see this or, or not, I'm not sure. But once you practice more, you can see how, how much benefit the meditation brings to you. So, um, to, to stay with someone who doesn't agree with that, or who believes the opposite, that it is actually hurting you, or that it is uh, making you a, a, a bad person, or so on, uh, doesn't make sense, because... Uh, if you stay with them, it's going to conflict with your own um, your your own 
benefit. So obviously there must be something else, that there must be a clinging to this person, or could be perhaps that there is some um, structural reason for being in a relationship in terms of stability and so on, or it could be to help that person because that person needs you and, 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 and so on. So there, there could be many reasons, none of which I am aware of. Um, so the, the more important question then is um, how to live with this person, how to live with a person who uh, doesn't agree with what you know to be proper and, and beneficial. And there are many ways. I think the first one is sort of a compromise. Um, you know, I say, leave this person. Well, it, it doesn't have to be complete. Often you can take time apart and you can distance yourself to some extent from the person, not dropping them, but you can you know, take time out for yourself and say you want to be alone for some time. When you have time alone, then they don't see you, they're not aware of what you're doing, and it doesn't upset them what you do. If you have the ability to take time alone where you're not with this person, even though you're still in a relationship, then it can be a real halfway. I mean, it, it might lead to you breaking up, but it might also lead to you coming to some better uh, understanding of each other's position and uh, could even make the relationship stronger and more in line with what is truly right and beneficial. Um, now, I'm, I'm guessing that it has something to do with religion because it usually does. If, if people believe that meditation makes you a bad person, then it usually, there's two, well, there's two reasons. One is it, one is it conflicts with their beliefs, their religion, uh, or two, um, and this is probably not your case given that you are benefiting from it, um, the, the, the one person, the person who's practicing meditation is practicing it incorrectly and is giving rise to um, states that are disturbing. So pe some pe people, when they begin to practice meditation, are they have the best of intentions and eventually they'll get good at it. But when they're not good at it, it can lead to great stress and, and conflict inside as you s start to learn how to deal with the brain, it's with the mind. It's like learning to drive a car. When, when you know, if you learn learning to drive a m manual transmission car, the people in the car are going to have to put up with a lot of jerking in the beginning. Uh, so that can cause conflict. But I would imagine that in your case, it has something to do with religion or belief, or or, or I don't know. It could even be that the person is um, a scientist, an atheist, and and but uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm an atheist, but is a person who. Um, a secularist, I suppose, someone who doesn't believe in in the existence of the mind or the benefits of meditation and thinks you're being brainwashed and so on and so on. Um, but um, I, I uh, th this is, you know, in, in this case, you really have to, you know, it's something that's really going to take time and it may never be sorted out. It may eventually mean that you have to part ways. But uh, the the best way to deal with this, to approach this, is to walk around the person, to, to practice around the person. Uh, you don't have to be sitting on a, a cushion in a silent room to be meditating. You can meditate in a chair. You can meditate while there are other people in the room. You can meditate while there's noise. You can meditate anywhere at any time. Uh, it's ideal to have solitude. It's ideal to have quiet, it's ideal to be sitting cross-legged on a cushion, but none of these are absolutely necessary. And so, 
um, you know, rather than bemoaning the fact that you're unable to pursue the ideal or trying to pursue the ideal and as a result bring in conflict uh, with the people around you, you can incorporate it into your relationship with them. While they are watching TV, television, you can be sitting quietly uh, meditating with your, with your eyes open, with your eyes closed. You can be in another room, you can um, be, be doing anything. Uh, or, or be in any in any sort of position. You don't have to make it obvious that you're meditating, or you don't have to say to them, "Look, I need my half an hour now. Could you please leave the room? Could you please turn off the television, etc., etc." Um, because eventually, you're going to realize that all of that is a part of your meditation, and it's a part of the the practice that we're following. And eventually, you'll be able to, uh, you know, if you're successful in the practice, you'll be able to deal with it all, and you'll be able to overcome your uh, aversions and attachments to these things. Um, so, so you can live your life with this person. You can go, if suppose it's a religious thing and they want you to go to church and you don't go to church, you can go to church and while they're doing their thing, you can sit and meditate and, uh, and whatever. Uh, you can, you know, if they're singing their praises to God, you can sing your praises to God and watch your lips moving. As, as you sing, watch the lips moving, feel the lips moving. And just be aware of what's happening and standing and when you hear the sound, hearing, hearing, and you know, you can even just mouth something and, and take it as a mouth meditation or whatever. I mean, examples. Um, we do walking and sitting meditation and this prostration, but all of these are just examples. You can do meditation in any way, at any in any form. You can do driving meditation. Whatever you do in life, when you're if you're if you're the cook in the family, you can do cooking meditation. If you're the if you're uh, working in an office job, you can do uh, office meditation. Or you you know you can take time out of your work to uh, do five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, try to work around the person um, so that they're not even aware that you're meditating. That's much better uh, because what's really going to change them is the strength in your mind. Once your mind becomes strong, once you become sure, there's no way, especially if they're a person who who can't see the benefit of meditation, who's so blind that they're unable to see the the, the, the benefits of it. There's no way that they can uh, fight again. There's no way that they can compete against your strength. You have the strength of mind because you know you're, you're, you're practicing every day to strengthen your mind and to clarify your mind. And there, them, what are they doing? Uh, you know, the, the, their mind is it will constantly be wavering, and uh, you know it may not be that case right now. It may be that they have the strength and you don't, and therefore you're wavering, and you're not sure what to do. But th that's the, the 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 goal. If you can get to the point where your mind doesn't waver, then they will have to capitulate. Eventually, they will realize. It will come up in their mind, and they'll realize the wrongness of, of their beliefs and their ideas. And eventually they'll even become interested in the meditation because they'll see how much strength, confidence and peace it brings to you. And no matter what their religious views are so I mean that's the deal is that views and opinions and beliefs are 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 a source of strength in, in a sense. And so you have to get quite powerful to be able to overcome those those views which will eventually you know, they don't jive, when they don't jive with reality, uh, that person will have to let go. But it can take time. People can hold on to, it's amazing the beliefs people can hold on to, even in the face 
even when those beliefs fly directly in the face of reality. Uh, so, uh, good luck. Um, and the most obvious answer is to always uh, try to surround yourself with people who are meditating. This is a very important part of the Buddha's teaching, to surround yourself with people who are interested in meditation, who are meditating, who believe in the benefits and, and see the benefits of meditation practice and uh, always strive to to avoid people who are um, who don't see the benefits so, you know it's basically choosing people who can see whose beliefs and opinions uh, don't fly in the face of, of, of reality who don't conflict with with uh, the truth um, try to um, stick only to people whose understanding and beliefs and views are in line with reality because meditation is a great thing and anyone who believes others otherwise is is missing something so you know, this is an answer to your question this has been another episode of ask a monk wishing you all peace happiness and freedom from suffering <laughs>